up? It's the People Show. Dan Reacho here. Vic Nazar uh, having a little bit of a technical issue. So, for now, you got me. Tough. Could be worse. It is uh, the Kintech Studio. Dan Reacho here in the Kintech Studio for the People Show. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. Canada's favorite orthotics provider supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, handling a couple of different things at the moment. Uh, Canuck Central has not started early just yet, but we still will be on at four. It is the People's Show. Bick Nazar uh, having a bit of technical issues, and uh, he's got some stuff lined up for a little bit later on in the program, which we will get to. But before we do that, um, we're going to have a very special guest on the show. Sam Honzik of the Vancouver Giants, Calgary Flames prospect, now joins us on the line. How's it going, Sam? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. Is that you? Uh, we're we're doing uh, we're doing pretty well. I know uh, it was a bit of a, a a bit of a you know injury start to the season for you, but how are you feeling now? Um, I'm ready to play, and uh, I feel really great. Uh, around either Calgary, even here, they did a really good job again, which I'm really thankful, and I'm ready to roll. That's uh, that's great to hear. You know, I you know, so much uh, excitement around you as a as a big time prospect. You get drafted by the by the Calgary Flames. Um, you know, how has uh, this been for you in the run up? I know the injury maybe stalled you a little bit, but uh, how do you feel your your draft plus one year is uh, is off off to a good start? I think you know uh, it's finally happened, and I'm really happy I'm drafted by Calgary. You know, I had the opportunity to play there, but you know, just but is just beginning and you know i'm really excited to uh to play in the future for them and hopefully you know do my best and be there as long as i can and of course uh you were named captain just uh recently by the vancouver giants um how you feel about putting the c on your jersey it's really really honor for me you know uh lots of guys helped me to reach to this point and getting the letter so i'm really thankful and grateful for them and they helped me and it's a big responsibility for me and i'll try to make a really big impact on the guys and you know do my job and you know play play hard you know i'll lead by example and hopefully the guys can pick up and we're gonna be a good team yeah you know uh, only one player does wear the c but uh is it not important especially for you as the captain to to help cultivate a leadership group uh, amongst your amongst your teammates yeah, yeah, it's special. Uh, like, I'm not the only one who is a leader here. We have lots of good leaders, and I think, uh, you know, that's really important that uh, we can uh, hold, each, uh, hold each other accountable. And I'm really happy that, you know, I'm not the only one, and we have lo- we have group of, good group of guys from last year's too. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, so uh, designated captain now of uh, of the Vancouver Giants, and um, you know what are some of your goals now uh, as this season moves forward, as uh, as you join the group and and uh, try to uh, you know, make a push for the playoffs. Unfortunately, it's uh, you know I'll play just five games before I leave, so that's pretty hard. But I think you know in the five games I'll try to lead a team or like uh, I'll point the team in some direction, and they can. We focused uh, on the playoffs, and you know there'll be Christmas time coming, so they need to stay focused and you know win as many games they can because uh, you know it's the Christmas break coming, so that's really important. And I think you know it's we have good group, uh, but we need to just prove it. So uh, yeah. 
I know, uh, I know athletes don't always love talking about uh, their individual uh, <laughs> goals and, and things like that, but um, you know, what, are, what are parts of your game you're looking to continue to grow as, as you go through these uh, you know, big-time development years for you as you make a push towards pro hockey? I would say there's uh, things I can I have to improve because of NHL and I you know, for example, they told me and you know I'll try to uh, basically get it done and especially for World Juniors play really good World Juniors with no injury hopefully so uh, that's one of my goals but goals but uh, like I said I have to still work on a lot of things to help me to adjust myself in the NHL one day so uh, it's gonna be hard but uh, I'm ready ready to accept it. Sam, uh, congrats on uh, getting the C and uh, all the best as you uh, kick off your season shortly. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, there is uh, Samuel Hanzik joining us here on uh, the People's Show at Stan Richo. Uh, he was named 21st captain in Giants history and is expected to make his season debut uh, at the Langley Event Center against the Kelowna Rockets tonight uh you know it's uh looking back at the uh at the draft of course the canucks taking tom willander and um you kind of see where the canucks are starting to build up some of their prospect pool willander and lekaramaki there's of course a lot of discussion about them not wanting to spend their first round draft choice hanzik's a big time prospect now for the calgary flames who are going into an interesting part of their development they have the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow by the way um but that first round pick that's where you get top prospects now we saw the Canucks trade yesterday their third and fifth well third in 2026 and fifth that they just acquired from Chicago in the Anthony Beauvillier trade earlier this week and it doesn't really feel like that all that expensive of a price Right, They are later round draft picks. They can be recouped in different ways when you move forward. But I do wonder, as a team that maybe doesn't want to spend their first round draft choice, you know, they were okay giving up the one they acquired last year for Bo Horvat. It was extra, but they did keep their own and drafted Tom Willander with it. All reports, all ideas leading to an idea into a thought that they don't want to spend that first rounder this year. Certainly wouldn't be for a rental, even if they did. But I wonder if after last night, in what was a sobering performance, or lack of performance, against the Vegas Golden Knights, do you all of a sudden start to do you rethink what kind of assets you'd be willing to spend in order to add to this current Canucks group? Yes, they are currently not among the cup contenders. And I don't know if there's a move out there that gets them there this season. If there is one thing that is going to help the Vancouver Canucks get there this season, it's the play of their top guys. And ultimately, that is what has not been good enough just yet for the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, it was earlier in the season. But looking at last night, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, 
Those were the guys that were the best players on the ice. Not anybody for the Vancouver Canucks. It's been far too often lately that, uh, as I said on the broadcast with Murph last night, it's been far too often that Dakota Joshua, Connor Garland, and whomever is playing center with them, Teddy Bluger or Pew Suter, like that's, that's been their best line far too often lately. It's good for those guys. It's nice that you have a bottom six playing well. But you're not going to win consistently. You're not going to win a ton of games if your third line is your best line. That's a reality. So something to think about for sure with the Vancouver Canucks. What did you think of uh, last night's game, Ben? They just they seemed outclassed. Yeah. I, lack of a better word, maybe. Like, it just... <laughs> You look at the wingers that the Vegas centers have, Eichel's got Mark Stone, right? I mean, yep. when you can't put your two best forwards for the Canucks on the same line together, that causes problems. And you have to play them at center. You have to play them down the middle to have strength there. But a constant topic at this station is, you know, who is going to round out that top six for Vancouver? And it seemed very apparent last night that, while the Canucks have high top-end talent for their top three in Hughes, Demko, Pedersen, that next three or four players just is not nearly the same caliber as the real contenders in the NHL. And I think the Canucks have proven this season they're a good team yep. and that they can beat teams that are inferior to them, but they've yet to prove to us, maybe other than that Dallas 2 nothing game, which was a staple win on a Saturday night, that they can really compete with the premier teams in the NHL and and they can be considered a threat to these teams in a potential seven game series. I know after the game Bruce Cassidy said that was maybe the best game we've played all season. So you got Vegas's best punch and we're nowhere near it. Nothing close. <laughs> so if Vegas sort of treated that as a like, oh okay, Vancouver thinks they're good, we're gonna show them kind of thing, well, definitely a learning lesson. I don't think you could take too much like it's not the end of the year. You can't just write the Canucks off completely. It's game 24. As Rick Tockett said last night, it's got to be a learning lesson for our guys. But ultimately, there is a part of us, and everyone understands, Canucks aren't quite on Vegas's level, and that was proven last night when Vegas gave you their best punch, and you really had no answer for it. I just didn't really know if it was a... Was it the Canucks' poor play that made Vegas look good, or was it Vegas just being better than the Canucks. I was kind of grappling with that a little bit. And I think it's a little bit of both. Like the Canucks didn't have their best stuff. You listen to Miller after the game say he didn't come out with, you know, the energy and he was disappointed in himself for how he came. Yeah. You know, played it, but like really tough first period for Miller last night. Definitely. And so is it a mix of both probably? But I just think that you look at this Vegas team and how they operate, especially on the power play. And that's something I wanted to raise with you as well. The, the penalty kill for the Canucks. Yeah. Got off to a good start this season. And recently, it's tough. Like the the cross team passes, the grade A scoring chances. Demko made a couple saves last night mm -hmm. that were fantastic. And a couple times, the puck's in the back of the net. He's on the other side of the net. He has no chance. It can't. Um, it can't be good that the power play or penalty kill, I should say, is not quite as good as it was to start the season. And there's more holes being shown in the penalty kill, especially since Carson Soucy went down with an injury. But you know what? Like, your game can't fall apart because one player is out with injury. 
that can't be the way you operate as a team that has some level of expectations in the National Hockey League. But to Rutherford's credit, at the beginning of the year, he said, if, if everything goes properly, it yeah. goes correct, then we're a playoff team. And at the beginning of the season, before the Susie injury, everything was kind of going correct. Yep. Like, the penalty kill was significantly better. The power play was clicking. You had Hughes, Miller, and Pedersen at one point, I think, all in the top five in the league in points. That's everything going perfect. And with the injury, you know, they, they brought in Zadorov now, who's, you know, going to add to the penalty kill. He's a big body, can get in front of shots. So that's great by them to be able to get a guy like that. But if the expectation is that everything has to be perfect to just get to the playoffs, well, it's an 82-game season. Things are going to go awry at some point. Things are, and they uh, probably are right now. You know, Canucks have been 500 over the last 12 games. It's not sky is falling. It's fine. Teams go through these stretches where they're 500 for a bit, and 500 is okay when you are not playing your best. You're at least treading water after what was a fantastic start to the season. But things have to get better, and you hope they will. I imagine you know, Elias Pettersson's not going to be in the slump that he's in forever, but it can't last much longer. Uh, just seeing some of the uh, highlights of Tiger Woods' two-over back nine at the Hero World Challenge today. Just running out of gas. <laughs> you kind of, uh, we talked about it off air yesterday, Ben, because uh, you're our golf guru around here, and mentioned how he started to lose it at the back nine. You could almost sense some fatigue with some of the shots that he was hitting and the misses he was having. Mm-hmm. And then again today, he gets off to a great start. Was he four under at the turn? Four under at the turn. And he had a good look for birdie on hole nine. And then it just starts to fall apart on the back nine. And so they've done a really interesting thing on the Golf Channel where they're comparing his swing now to what it was 10 years ago. So different. 20 years ago. Very different. And basically they're showing that because of his surgeries and the car crash, he can't use his lower body. His entire stance is more narrow. He can't move on to that right side and use the ground effectively, which is how a lot of players nowadays are getting power. So he's very reliant on his upper body to get speed and to time it. And his hands are world-class, so he can usually do it. But for a guy that just... He's probably not been doing very much cardio because he can't be on his legs. Yeah. He just looks tired towards the end of a round. And when your timing gets a little bit off with your hands, there was a drive yesterday on 15. And it was a full snap hook. Yeah. It went into the bushes way left. And it was like, wait a minute. Like, did Tiger Woods just do that? And he makes a seven on the hole. And he made three bogeys and four holes today on the back nine. When the timing goes away, you're reliant on – you got nothing else then. You don't yeah. have your body to – get you through that and so that that's very difficult I think the positive side is watching him walk and as as basic as this sounds like he can walk yes he doesn't look like he's in pain he doesn't look like he's limping his putter's been pretty solid he's played the front nine six under I believe in the first two days or sorry four under because he was even yesterday but the last few holes have been kind of eating him up a little bit I think it's just rust I think once he gets back into competitive play he's going to be okay um, but I thought the comparison that they did shot by shot of what it was 10 years ago was very telling. When I was watching the front nine today. I'm like, he is so back. 
<laughs> they should make a green jacket in his size. Oh my goodness, he is so back! Like that's all I kept thinking as he was rolling in birdies, and you know, I I think he he actually parred one of the par fives, the the third hole there after birdieing one and two, and is like, man, you 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 almost left shots on the table there. Felt like it. Um, on the front nine with how good it was looking, and you know even. You know, at different points, so you know, he hasn't looked this good for so long. Our lasting memory of the Masters last year and the rain and the cold and how much he was just like hobbled, like he looked like he was 83 years old as he was Couldn't walking around. Couldn't stand up there. barely. Yeah. And now he looks more like old Tiger. Totally. And, you know, still a little bit ginger as he's walking around, but it's there is a, a bit of a strut back to his step. And, the way, like the way that he swings now, I'm amazed at just how quiet his lower half is. It looks almost, as you mentioned, like a lot of guys use the ground now to to generate power and to, mm-hmm. you know, as we've gone into this like analytical age of golf, like how do we get more speed? How do we get more speed? How do we get more speed? Yeah. And all these guys are using the ground and finding ways to do it that way. Tiger's swing looks almost very different from almost every other pro golfer out there because he's not, his legs are incredibly quiet now. And his upper body looks incredibly ripped. <laughs> like he <laughs> looks like again. he's been in the yeah. gym working because that's his only way to generate this power. Yeah. But that's, can that last 18 holes is mm-hmm. the big question. Can that last for a 72 hole tournament? There was a great thing that came out yesterday. He hit a 326 yard drive off of the first hole yesterday, which I think Just was the longest bomb. of the day or one of the longest of the day. And on hole 16, there was a carry of 292 over a bunker. Yeah. And he left it in the bunker. Ah. So, but from holes 1 to 16, and the wind was going the same direction, everything, that fatigue set in. He couldn't carry that bunker, and he made a bogey on the hole. And so it was just little things like that. Like, can you get your cardio, can you get your body to be able to do this for four hours continuously and swing at that level at that speed? And if he can... His hands look great. His putting looks great. He still has all the short game shots in the world. And if you put him in contention on a Sunday, I don't think anybody's betting against him. But what should be noted as well is, of the 20 players in this tournament, these are all world-class players. Yes. I believe 12 or 13 of them played in the Ryder Cup this Mm -hmm. last fall. These are the best players in the world. And Tiger isn't last. He's, you know, right there in the thick of it. And he had the lowest front nine recorded today, I believe. Yeah. So he can still play with these guys. He knows he can still play with these guys. And I think every press conference, he's always asked, do you think you can win? And I truly believe that when he doesn't think he can win, he will step away. But it has to be infuriating for him to shoot a 32 on the front nine and be like, I can do this. And then lose it on the back nine. And then lose it. Yeah. Still, uh, in the overall, still a pretty good round for him. The walk still looks good. We'll see how it looks on Sunday, of course. You know, the the fatigue. The the most underrated thing uh, is, you know, the the fatigue of playing four straight days in a tournament style. The way that uh, these guys do and how, um, you know, for a player like Tiger that's had as much injury as he's had, that's going to be big. And he's, he's saying, maybe I can get one tournament a month for the year. That's so not bad. that pretty much takes him out of the FedEx Cup. All Tiger is doing, all Tiger is coming back for, if he thinks he can win, is to try and get a couple more majors. Is to try and chase Jack down. 
if That's he it. can. Like, That's what it. other reason does he have? It's he doesn't all he need cares money. about. It's just the majors. It's just to compete. He even says that. He's such a competitor. He just wants yeah. to be out there. He loves the camaraderie, I'm sure, and he can say that. But he's there to win. Yeah. And he wants that number. And to add on to the fatigue thing, on the Wednesdays, they have to play the Pro-Am. Like, this is a 90-hole week yeah. for this guy when he steps out there. So if he thinks he can do this once a month, that's pretty That's pretty big. I know uh, when he was younger, I would watch videos of Tiger. and he'd, His uh, routine was, in, in prepping for a tournament, he'd have a 1,000 touches of a golf ball. How crazy is that? <laughs> a 1,000 touches. A day. So that might be like 400 on the range and then you know divvy up the next 600 uh, around the green with your chips, your short game, and, and, and putting. Like, that's... That's madness, a thousand touches. That's how you get that those hands, that touch. Yeah, it's it's uh, impressive though. It is impressive, and uh, hopefully it continues to go well for Tiger Woods. We'll see. I mean, when there's cold weather, if it's cold at Augusta this year, it's going to make it even that much harder for him. Um, so I think weather specific is still big for Tiger as uh, he moves forward. But good signs through the first two rounds of Tiger Woods's latest comeback at his own tournament, the Hero world challenge uh bick will take it over from here it's the people show on sportsnet 650